What's up guys, welcome back to the Try Time Podcast episode 34, I'm Matt, and we have no Callum, he's busy, I don't know what he'll be doing at this point, probably throwing double gins at girls that have left the Fiat 500s at home, and as usual we're going to discuss the week that has just gone in, well, the top three tiers of English Rugby League, and look ahead to next week including the Challenge Cup semi-finals. So without further ado, let's crack straight on with Super League, which started on Thursday this week, which it wasn't a pretty game for one of the sides in particular. Salford suffering a heavy loss, 18 points to 62 against Warrington at home. A Warrington side that, let's be honest, have got one eye, have got one eye on the semi-final of the Challenge Cup and their tie against Castleford. Now, that's worrying for me. The big question here is how have Salford lost by such a large margin? Because even in a normal game week, that is a pretty shocking result. Now, join us on Saturday when I'm going to take a deeper dive into exactly what's going wrong at Salford and are the Red Devils really in trouble? I think that's going out on Saturday anyway. Callum will probably shove something over the top in the edit if it isn't, but we'll say it's sadder. And yeah, so Warrington, big win for them, great momentum to carry into the semi-final. Salford, struggling, and if you want to see why, be sure to check out that next vid. Subscribe to the channel, turn the big red button grey, put your notification bell on, and yeah, you'll be alerted when we upload that and any other future videos on the channel. Now, without further ado, we'll jump into Friday's results, and one that I was very pleased about. I backed my boys to do it at the jungle, and they did it in style. Castleford Tigers 6, Leeds Rhinos 60. I can now officially stop having to listen to Castleford fans twittering on about 6610 from four years ago. We have finally got our revenge. Well... Apart from the revenge we got when we beat them in the final the same year. But still, we have finally avenged such a catastrophic defeat with probably the best performance Leeds have put up all year, certainly on an attacking end. Now, for Castleford it wasn't a full strength side, so I don't think they will take too much of a disappointment from this. It's certainly going to have hurt the pride at the club, but nothing more than that. I think such a hammering though will be a big blow and the danger is if they don't beat Warrington now on Saturday they've took a big league loss one that's going to actually hit mentally quite difficult for some of the players that did feature the likes of Paul McShane, Jesse Senelafeo and for what gain if they can't go on and beat the semi they might as well have put the full strength side out given Leeds a game and they'd still be out, potentially. So it'd be interesting to see what the morale's like in the cast camp, depending how that goes. Elsewhere, St. Helens got back to winning ways, 34-16 over Hull FC. Yeah, that's a pretty solid win for Saints. They'll be pleased about that one, no doubt. Now, one of the big shocks was on Saturday. Catalans, fresh off the back of ending St. Helens' winning run, have gone and done the exact same to Wigan. And they haven't just beat them. This is another huge result. Catalans 48, Wigan 0. Now, 
I don't know what Wigan's excuse is because they're of course no longer in the Challenge Cup. It's Hull and Saints in the other tie, which we will be previewing in the next section. So stick around for that one. But yeah, big, big blow for Wigan this. And, well, it got a bit heated. Zach Hardacre sent off near the end of the game for a head, but he has now received a two-match ban for that incident. So I think it's against Huddersfield and Hull KR. I would probably suspect that Wigan have the personnel to survive those games still. But nevertheless, the reformed character showing a bit of his old fighting spirit there and not in terms of getting tries and points on the board. But, you know, a big well done to Catalans. Fantastic result for them. And form-wise, they are probably the team to beat at the moment. And they're looking good value for a place potentially in the top four. I mean, they're second at the moment just the 16 on points difference behind Saints and have moved now ahead of Wigan by 98 points difference so they're right up there and playing like this they could stay right up there finally then rounding out Super League on Sunday Hull KR with a routine 40 points to 16 win over Lee I mentioned a Salford in trouble I think you have to say Lee are at this point I don't really see where their points are going to come from and they are not helped by Wakefield pulling off a potentially shocking 38-12 win at home to Huddersfield. Which I think I did predict. So that could be a good one for me. Again, just call me the Rugby League Oracle. Um, yeah, really confidence inspiring for Wakefield. Mason Lino had a good game. And you have to say that is the kind of game that Wakefield needed to win to edge themselves clear of this relegation. Because with that now, that means if Wakefield can beat Lee just once out of the two games, Lee've got to find a win from somewhere else, and that's proving very difficult at the moment. As for Huddersfield, very disappointing result, and one that no doubt throws Ian Watson straight back onto the fraud watch list. And again, I don't really think Huddersfield are in trouble, but I certainly don't think this is going to be as grand of a season as perhaps some expected once Watson got announced so we'll wait and see how it goes over the next few weeks for them in terms of where their season looks like it's going to head jumping away from Super League now and into the championship well Toulouse and Newcastle got postponed as you do so we're straight on to Sunday's fixtures Swinton Lions cannot buy a win. They have gone down 26-12 at Batley. Perhaps not too many surprises there. Halifax played very well, actually, but Featherstone ground out a win, 8 points to 16 at the share. They keep their 100% start going, and with Toulouse not playing, they move top of the championship table by 2 points. London, they managed to pick up a 30 points to 10 win at home to Dewsbury. Widness, they're in a bit of form now. They had a good win last weekend and they've backed that up with a 40 points to 18 win on the road at the Oldham Ruffiards. Sheffield and Whitehaven producing a 25-all draw. Now, when we were all shocked when we saw the draw in Super League, I think Golden Point is in the championship now. Um, Callum, please confirm in the edit if it is or if I'm talking absolute out of my ass. But 
yeah, we did have we've had a few draws this season, so maybe it isn't, and maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments because I admittedly don't watch a huge amount of Championship rugby. And the other game that I wanted to save till last was, of course, the Bradford result, 37-18 win over York, and which I was met by a message from my lovely co-presenter saying, "You won't believe it, the Bulls are going up." Well, let me just say, yes, you're playing fantastically. Yes, you're in good form, arguably the most consistent Bradford side for donkey's years. And yes, you're good value for third in the table, but no. I do not see you beating Toulouse or really Featherston either in a playoff scenario. Yes, I think there's a danger that you may have peaked too early, a bit like... Was it York or Sheffield a couple of years back now? It might have been 2018 or 19 that this happened. Had a really strong start to the season unexpectedly. I think it might have been York's first season back in the championship, but I could be wrong. And just faded away towards the back end of the year. And yeah, I think maybe next year discussing Bradford for promotion could well be viable. I think if they go up this year, it'll be a straight back down again, which, you know, as delusional as he is, that wasn't sentiment that Callum echoed regarding the instant relegation. Now, finally, we're going to look at League One and London Scholars big win 52-10 in Wales against the Raiders. Workington at home to Doncaster, a real tie of the round this one, and it was the Doncaster side that came away 26-24 winners. Barrow keeping their pressure up at the top, 44-8 over the Crusaders. Coventry stringing some good results together, 38-30 win at home to Rochdale. And Keithlet 40 points to nil over Hunslet, a Hunslet side that sit ninth just ahead of the pointless West Wales Raiders, and by that I mean they haven't picked up a point, not that the club's existence is futile. But, yeah, that is a big, big win. Still Cumbrian domination at the top, but with that win, Doncaster level on points with Workington now, Barrow two clear. So, that could be an interesting one to watch. Now, by the power of edit and recording this earlier on in the week, jump to me and Callum both discussing today's mid-feature story regarding the future of recently released George Williams. So moving on to a bit of news that caught our eye this week and that is the news that George Williams has left Canberra Raiders with immediate effect. Now this is quite an interesting one, we don't usually see mid-season departures like this, certainly not with, well, a lot of controversy going around the Australian media. Apparently one outlet, I think it might have been Nine Sport or something, whatever the outlet is over there, saying that he'd been dumped by text, something that Williams then called out as absolute BS, similar to Hastings calling out the he's off to back to the NRL rumours every two minutes. So, what are your thoughts on this first of all? Where do we see him ending up next year, or maybe even for the rest of this year? Well, well, first of all, I, th I think that the Australian media, like kind of probably how the English media say, would say to the Australian, like we have probably a bit of a, a stigma around players like, you know, your Sandows, your Seguiaros going back home or, or whatever like that. They probably have it over there because I do get it, you know, like Bateman came home early. 
uh, early. And some players, it's not like they haven't cut it over there. It's just the homesickness, which it does happen. In terms of where I see him ending up, I think there's only really one place I see him going, which is Wigan. We've already got a million half-backs, really, so they don't really need him. But it's the, well, the only team that can arguably exactly afford him. That's I'm going to throw a couple of other names in there. But just getting back to that point, do you think the media is the same in that? Because I didn't see much regarding Bateman in the same way. And it's kind of similar to the difference. And again, I'm going to talk local media for this one on the basis that we are talking about a less high-profile name in some ways. The reaction when Sandow, Seguiero left and to go home early versus, say, a man of last season who finished out the year with Leeds, did his requested his release a few months before the season ended and it was all transparent what was going to happen the same way that John Bateman did to come back to Wigan yeah yes again we don't know the full story with George Williams so I don't want this to be taken as a he's been unprofessional to the club because we don't know what's happened and there's enough people in the media that instantly go and berate the player for the first instance for this but do you think they do get more respect from the media almost because it's seen as more professional to at least complete the season and disclose your plans in advance? That way the club has time to prepare? Yeah, and I mean, I, I do definitely agree with that. And I, I do think that seems to be what Williams has kind of tried to do and said at the end of the season. And they're not happy with it. And it's kind of, it seems like it's just turned out, turned into a falling out between Williams and the club which has then led to this early release and Williams kind of being left 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 a bit not in the dark but kind of he's just left out to dry he probably was expecting to finish the season then go home which I, I mean I get over there I do get it because they're the elite competition really in the world out at the, at the so them yeah. for players to come to them and then be like oh well want, want to go home like it, it does it's not a good look for English Rugby League and it, no matter how much you put it because the players that we're talking about here you know we're talking about Suomana Fanagat what right I'm not pronouncing that either Suomana Fanagat yeah yeah um, we're talking yeah, about leave that bit to me <laughs> we're talking about him and like he's not a top rate player like he's not one of he's the not a star player in either league yeah no. that's what I'm saying but, but where is these players Sam are Tompkins for example because he's another one that went over, came back to Super League, arguably a bit more tail between his legs after a difficult second season. But still. And I didn't see too much. I think, actually, it was the rival clubs that were worse in that one. I mean, we all remember the stuff from Warrington, Leeds, Saints, everyone else basically saying saying Wigan's golden child rat boy couldn't cut it in the real league or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't hear actually that much from the Australian rugby side berating who was who was at the time English rugby's golden boy. Yeah, I, I don't... I think Tom King's, Is this a new phenomenon, do you think? These last few years, I it's gone worse. what done help is the fact that these two, both from, like... Both have signed from Wigan to Canberra, and have, and it's kind of broke, broken down two is seasons this, in a row. Is this just the Canberra hierarchy that's getting pissed off? Do you think with Wigan in part? Is Ryan Sutton coming back next? Well, 
that's the thing players like Hodgson and Sutton and even Whitehead as well like you know there's a lot of a lot of English players playing for Canberra they've all kind of settled there now and like they've like I don't think they're going to come back on homesickness of being there too long realistically but I do I, I get it might be more like the Gareth Ellis they age out of the NRL yeah, or I, I definitely see a player like Elliot Whitehead doing a couple of seasons. I mean, I'd like to say back at back at Bradford, but I do I I, I can't really back see in that. France. I think. Yeah, that's more like that. Or even I could see him at any team really. To be honest, probably like a team at like a a Warrington, maybe even a City. You know what I mean? I could a play, if like, he wants to. I mean, if he wants to come to Leeds, I won't say no to him. But I don't really think we'd be top of the destination list. Yeah, definitely. I know. I know what you're saying, but that that's what I mean. I do think it is very. It's hard to tell because you're not in their shoes. You don't know what they've gone through. You know, they've lived in England their whole life, gone over there. And also, and we only see a select amount of kind of what we want to see almost from the Australian outlets. Yeah, that, that's true. I don't true. know enough about the main media outlets circulating these reports. Are they quite big and reputable usually? Are they known to be a bit more on the clickbaity controversial side of things and caring more about their own I say views and profits rather than the subjects mental health etc which I know a lot of media outlets are to an extent but some are a lot worse than others I think the best comparison is probably to the sun over here if we want to remember their coverage of Hillsborough which was as we know shocking yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I I, I don't think you're going to get the people who media's who just kind of are being informative and not really picking a side. If you know what I mean, then you're going to get people berating Williams as, as you've seen because it's easy. It's easy it's for the them Sun to do. It's the Sun versus Guardian Sports, for example. Mm. One is going to be regardless of opinion or unconscious bias or whatever. Yeah, like neutral. One's going to put yeah. it a lot more professionally than the other one. Yeah, and I think that's what happened. Now, we've already got quite sidetracked here. So, back to where Williams will go. You think Wigan, then? Yeah, I think Wigan. I think they've got the money from Burgess. Immediately or next season? <sighs> they don't need him right now, but I think next season he'll definitely be back. I think that probably was his plan Is to this go there next season. Is going, do you think? Yeah, I be think. Be it so. French or Hastings or... Yeah, probably Hastings, I think. Maybe someone else does Lulu I call time. Yeah, but then you've still got Harry Smith. Harry Smith. You've got even a player like Jai Field, who I know he can play in that. He can play kind of anywhere in backs, really. So he's not a bad player. Well, he can't at the moment. Well, no, he's injured. But French is also injured, so potentially they get him in now. But I, I well, just... we know. But to be fair, Bevan French is a winger, isn't he? So he could yeah. go there. I do think that Wigan don't need him as much as a team like Leeds do. But I do think it's pretty much he's going to go back to Wigan, or at least someone in that area. You know, maybe Warrington, but that I think that'd be next season if we went to I Warrington. I was going to well, this is what I've heard on the grapevine, and I don't know how true this is. We are apparently in poor position to get him at least until the end of this season. Right, I could see that. Which... But I think that potentially is a Wigan signing and potentially loan. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I see that. Wigan signing and loan him to you, it just seems a bit conflict I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think Wigan need slash want to pay salary on top of French and Hastings and Smith and everyone else that they've got in that halfback position. Whereas for Leeds, we've got Myler who's fullback for the season. 
Louis, who's injured for another two months and going home at the end of the year. Gale, fine, but obviously can't do it on his own. And McClelland, who is going to be on pretty cheap as chips wages and is also injured. And we don't actually know whether or not he's currently up to doing Super League on a week-in, week-out basis. Because we've only seen him like four times in matches where they've played the kids. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, so I could see Leeds it. Leeds will be more willing to spend the money this season. And actually, if he does well and got on at the club, I think that could make Leeds surprise favourites for next season onwards as well. Yeah, I think he needs to I play somewhere. I think that's how he ends up at Headingley. I think he probably comes for this year and then it's a partnership that works well for everyone and it's made permanent as Rob Lewis' replacement because we know Leeds need a six. I think the other name mentioned is obviously Jake Truman given Alex Sutcliffe has just signed for Castleford. Perhaps a few players going to be going that way in exchange for Truman. That's what other people are reporting and the rumours are. So one of those two I suspect. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And without going on about this for too long with Williams, because I mean, at the end of the day, it could be resolved by the time you guys are hearing this on the podcast. And this is kind of our retrospective view then, if that is the case. But I I do think he needs to play... Like, the closing note for me really would be he needs to play somewhere for the rest of this season so that he can still be the sixth for England, which he he will be. That that was a good question I was going to ask you. What does this do to his World Cup chances? Because presumably, even if he's just training for how many months now until the World Cup? Five, six? Yeah. He's uh, not going to be sharp enough, you wouldn't think, to actually get selected. And it would be a big risk to pick a player who's not played for half a year. Yeah, definitely. Also, does this mean he's now linking up with this Elite Academy squad thingy since he's not necessarily in Australia? <laughs> I mean, this is a completely unrelated question, but you know. Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. Uh, he ain't going to have to join via Zoom anymore uh, to run laps of a field. Yeah, oh yeah, true, true. I just, I just think... I mean, Williams is going to sign somewhere. We're going to see him back in Super League, which is good because he's a top player, realistically. Like, Please come to Headingley, yeah, George, please. if you're hearing this. I mean... If someone wants to tag him in it and share him in it, please come to Leeds. I know Newcastle have made a bid because they're now tra- moving up towards a full-time basis. So I don't, I don't see that happening. And to be honest, I think he needs to be playing in a top... English division Top English to have a chance team, of featuring like, at the World Cup. I think if he goes, I don't think team. Newcastle's gonna cut it personally. But well, you never know. But yeah, uh, Williams will sign he somewhere. Could do a Kevin Lock and sign for Salford or Wakefield or something random for the rest of the season. Maybe, yeah, maybe Billy. You never know. Well, it could be okay. Yeah, they love a good halfback, don't they? Yeah, that is true. How many did they have on the books last year? About ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So, right, I think that covers everything on Williams. So, without further ado, we'll jump into our predictions. Um, We've pre-recorded this section in advance because Callum is busy running around a pub like an idiot throwing pints at people, preferably (laughs) not over their heads. So, I don't know what order he's going to cut these in in terms of who's his first. So, over to one of us with our predictions for next week. 
thank you to myself and I suppose Callum as well for that feature and you join me for at least my predictions for next week's set of games Callum I'm sure will cut his in as we have done in the past when we've not been able to record the podcast together now I'm going to start with the I'm going to start with the Challenge Cup, because why not? It's the big news this weekend. Two semi-finals, both on Saturday. And first of all, Hull FC are not going to get revenge over St. Helens, I think. Saints are looking a bit too strong. They've got their tails up after last week. And I think I may be just fancy Saints to get into the final on this one. And I think it will be a fascinating watch. We are going to try, at least, to follow along on Twitter and do a bit of a tweet along with our thoughts as the match goes on. So if you do it already, be sure to follow us on there at Tritime Podcast. The link is in the description for this video to our Twitter and all our other socials. And in the second semi-final, Castleford and Warrington. You know, I do think, despite resting all these key players and suffering a bit of a humiliation for it in the league, it's not going to work. Warrington are going to just have it against Castle for two to set up an all-Lancastrian final. Well, I say that, St. Helens are definitely Merseyside and Warrington's a bit beyond that way too. But either way, all the set up an all-West side of the Pennines final. There we go. Um, now jumping over to Sunday which receives the one Super League tie of the round and it is Wakefield hosting Lee now this is what we initially thought would be a real relegation for pointer however with that win against Huddersfield and the one against Hull Car a few weeks ago Wakefield are now sat on 4 points and in 10th place ahead of the Salford side who are on 2 now, we touched earlier whether our Salford in trouble, and as I said before, you'll see a more in-depth video in that on the channel coming up in the next week or so, I think, on Saturday. So, if you ignored me first time, please do subscribe for that one and for all the other good stuff we release. But yeah, if Lee can get a win here, I think that throws Salford right into the matter of a relegation scrap. That being said... Wakefield have got the tails up, particularly at home with fans. And to be quite honest, I think they are going to make it three home wins. I think as much as Lee know this is going to be a crunch game for them, I don't think they're going to quite have the firepower to overcome it. But hey, if they win by 36 points, they move off the bottom of the league. So you never know there's an incentive there. Um, jumping across to the championship and again just two games this week Halifax hosting Sheffield which I think will go to the Panthers and Bradford hosting Newcastle which Callum will of course be at odds for that one and as much as it pays me to say I think he's going to be watching another Bradford victory jumping into League 1 then Saturday West Wales are going to get beaten at home again by Barrow who yeah top of the league traveling to the bottom of the league side West Wales haven't really been doing great perform anywhere let alone at home and I think this is going to be part of the course for Barrow 
interesting question. Let me know in the comments if you don't already. And Callum's probably going to be thinking, why am I such an idiot for not knowing this? Why do West Wales always play on a Saturday, yet everyone else plays on Sunday? I will leave that one to you. Answers on a postcard, please. Um, other League One games. Workington are going to bounce back with a home win at Keithley. The Crusaders are going to just miss out at home to Coventry, I'm going to say. Bold claim that one, but, you know, up the Bears. Um, Doncaster will keep their pressure on at the top with a home win over the London Scholars, which, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty routine. And Hunslet will record their second win of the season at home to Rochdale. And I nearly forgot this one, but finally to finish us off, we have the semi-finals of the AB Sundex 1895 Cup. York up against Swinton. Well, how Swinton have made a semi-final when they're incapable of scoring a league point is very much a question that I am unable to answer. That being said, I don't think they'll make a final. It's going to be York and... It's going to be followed by Featherstone and Widness, which is again going to go as the league table will suggest, setting up an all Yorkshire final between North Yorkshire's York and West Yorkshire's Featherstone. Let me know what your thoughts on both sets of semi finals, Challenge Cup and 1895, as well as the big relegation four pointer. Can Lee get their first points of the season? Perhaps by a big enough van margin to put Salford at the bottom of the table. Let us know, tweeters, drop it in a comment on which on the Facebook post or on YouTube. And yeah, um, if you haven't already, subscribe, like, all that stuff, share it around your friends, why not? And leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. I think Callum Norman does this bit. I think it's Apple Podcasts that we have a review on. And yeah that's all for me Callum might be putting his predictions in afterwards I don't quite know what he's going to do in the edit I'm going to leave that up to him so from me at least until next time goodbye right guys on to finish off with my predictions for the weekend's game which is a weird it's a weird weekend really you've got the the cup games both the Challenge Cup and 1895 Cup and then you've kind of got some fixture rearrangements in Super League and Championship and then you've got your League One fixtures. So we'll start off with the Challenge Cup anyway, the big one. Semi-final, who can get that place at Wembley? Hull versus St. Ellen's. Interesting one this. I think when it was tied you kind of thought St. Ellen's will do it but they've proved that they are not unbeatable and obviously lost to Catalans. Hull have been looking good, obviously lost last week. Um, you know what? I'm going to back Hull for a bit of a cup upset here. Up the Hull. Uh, Castleford versus Warrington. I think this one will be Warrington. I think they are sort of a Challenge Cup team. and The sort of rugby that they are playing at the minute is mesmerising, to be honest. I, th I think they are playing some really good attacking rugby. And on the day, I do think they can do Castleford. So, that's my Challenge Cup predictions. Now, we'll move on to the 1895 Cup. Obviously, with the Championship and obviously most League One clubs. These... Um, games before the rounds before this was obviously played before the seasons even started but we've got a semi-final here so york versus swinton now swinton i've still not won a game in the championship so i have got to back york there was poor against bradford last week but i do think they've got enough to beat swinton and get the place in the final of the 1895 cup featherston versus widness 
Again, I do think Featherstone will just have too much for him. And then a York versus Featherstone final should be top quality and really showcase the championship on the big stage, really. Speaking of the championship, we'll go straight over to championship. So, we've only got two games in the championship this week. Um, obviously, like we say, they are fixture rearrangements. So, we've got Halifax versus Sheffield, which I think Sheffield... Not really, they haven't really hit the heights that they did once when they beat Bradford first game of the season. Halifax do are looking really good at the minute, actually. They lost last week to Fev, but they are playing well. But it was a close game, and before that, they have been picking up some wins. So I am going to back Halifax to this one. Then we've got my team, the Bulls, Bradford Bulls at home again. Odsell, how good was that last week? Obviously, I didn't get to sort of react to it um, in this, but I know I've heard what Matt said, and I think he did cover it quite well, to be honest, about how playing really good consistent rugby Can we, i hope we don't overestimate or underestimate sorry this newcastle team because they are they've got a lot going forward of this team but also on the other hand i think if we're hitting it going forward and actually staying as strong defensively as we have done i do think we have got the ability to blow this team newcastle team out of the water i don't necessarily think that'll happen but i am going to back my team back the bulls to win right so the super league game relegation battle realistic between wakefield and lee if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have said this probably the biggest Super League game at season, realistically. Since then, Wakeford have proved the doubters wrong, proved me and Matt wrong, really. They've won two games on bounce. Looking really good, to be honest. Looking safe, if, if you want to say that. Uh, Lee are in trouble. Lee need to win this game to save the season. But I, I do think Wakefield have got the momentum, to be honest. And I do think they'll get over the line. Right, now we'll move on to the League One games. So we'll start off on Saturday. We've got the Barrow Raiders versus the West Wales Raiders, the Battle of the Raiders. I'm going to say Barrow. Barrow have started off the season really well. West Wales really not clicking. It just doesn't seem to be there. I'm sure it'll come from though. We've got Workington versus Keefley. Big clash this. I'm going to back Keefley. Workington have started strong, but I do think Keefley now are starting to find the stride and be as good as kind of people expected. Crusaders versus Coventry. I'm going to back Coventry are playing some really good rugby. The shocked London last week, and I do think they can do the same to the Crusaders. Then we've got Doncaster versus London. I'm going to back Doncaster. I think they've got a strong team. They can get the job done. Hunslet Rochdale. Again, Rochdale have lost shot game, which actually was who Coventry beat last week. I have got that wrong. I've just realised I've mixed that up. So, yeah, Coventry did beat Rochdale last week. I think Rochdale versus Hunslet will be a close game as well. as that one more. Um, I'm going to go Hunslet with a home advantage, though, slightly. But, realistically, League One's really exciting this year. And it, I'm, enjoy I'm enjoying like the competition there. And I think once it gets to playoff time, it will be really good. And, and it, the same it can be said about all the leagues, to be fair, and all the cups and everything. It's really good. So, yeah. That's been episode 34 of the Tri-Titan Podcast. I've been Callum. You've heard a lot of Matt today, so I do feel sorry for you. But yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Obviously, like, subscribe, all that sort of thing. Comment any feedback, any sort of video ideas you've got for our Saturday videos and that sort of thing. And yeah, take care. Thanks, guys. See you later.